Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. plenty of modern product editions of the show in the past few weeks, but uh, we haven't had a classic edition since, I think, before Christmas, so we're back in the saddle with that. Nate and Aaron are here with you on this classic edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Aaron, the listeners have back. missed you. The listeners back have missed you. Back in the saddle again. <laughs> we, have a, we have a nice, um, a nice collection of of topics we're going to talk about today. The first thing we'll be talking about is we've each taken um, eight matches. We picked, we've made eight matches, an eight-match wrestling card, just a dream wrestling card. It doesn't. There's no real um, stipulations, any wrestlers, any eras, any type of match, anything like that. You just pair them up, and we we kind of narrowed it down to the fact that we were obviously going to use these guys in their prime or pick a certain time period in which they were wrestling. And then also, we'll be talking about our top five favorite wrestling commentary teams of all time. And top five, Aaron says underrated. I guess I just went with, like, favorites, but comedy movies. Which is a new wrinkle I want to put on it, on our podcast. It's just one segment that's not wrestling. You know? Yes, and it just has to be a top five or top three, whatever. Just every week, like top five favorite crackers, cereals. <laughs> <laughs> what are my top five favorite flavors of cheese? It. <laughs> my top five favorite crackers would be Fred Rogers, <laughs> Bob Barker. Uh, um, uh, what's his name? Afro Paint Dude, uh, Bob, Bob Ross. Ross. Uh, Very Charlie white. Rose <laughs> and uh, Art Linkletter. <laughs> Those are some white some bitches. Yep. <laughs> Top five favorite crackers. <laughs> well, all right. Bob Geigel. Bob Geigel. Funny head on that guy. Like, he's like the most successful mildly retarded person <laughs> well, I hate to say it because I don't want to disparage the name of the guy but also Eddie Marlin Eddie Marlin always <laughs> seemed 
mildly retarded, and so did his uh, bastard son, uh, 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 Randy Hales. Yeah, Randy Hales. <laughs> but seriously, Bob Geigel seemed like he was mildly retarded. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like he's 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 idiot strong. You know, he looked like he looked like one of those guys that was really strong, like idiot strong. <laughs> 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 they made him the president of the NWA because he, you know, beat up Tootsmont or something. It was his make-a-wish. <laughs> Give Geigel the figurehead president role. <laughs> he pushes around Mushnick in his wheelchair. <laughs> Let him do it. <laughs> so do you want to do your card first, or do you want me to do mine? It's up to you, man. You oh. You bought the equipment. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. So I'm gonna. Uh... I I'm gonna say this mm-hmm. before you go. Mine might have some weird. This was hard to do no, because there no, were there were so many say there were so many people that... I wanted to put on the card, you know, and so many people didn't make the list even though they should have. Like I would have loved to have them on the card, but it would have wound up being like a twenty match card. <laughs> what I'm gonna say is two things. One. The way I made my card was, I'm not necessarily necessarily saying these guys never worked each other. Right, me too. But I never saw them work each other. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there might have been a house show in 1987 where X and Y had a match. There's at least one... There's a yeah. There's at least one match on my card where the two guys I know for a fact the two guys worked each other, but I have two different kind of like it's different eras of them facing right. each other that I thought would have been cool. And the other thing I'm gonna say is that I don't. I I think this is gonna be the first top ten list that we've ever done, mm-hmm. even though even though we're brothers. I don't know if we've ever broke kayfabe and said that, but. <laughs> That's did, a joke. I did on the first episode. <laughs> yeah. I was drunk the first episode. It's kind of like when they when they would bring Tony Atlas in as Saba Simba, and on the first Superstar he was on, they would acknowledge that he was Tony Atlas, and then after that, they wouldn't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm going to say this will probably be the first top ten that's ever happened on this podcast where something they get equaled out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because not only is it like a potpourri type deal where it's totally random, but you're, and, and I'm not knocking it because it's like ice cream. Everybody has their own flavor that they love. Yeah. And that's what's great about wrestling is you have a, I, want, I don't want to say completely different, um, favorite style of wrestling but our styles of wrestling that we prefer to watch are different yeah you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like where you'd prefer to watch a lucha libre match i'd prefer to watch dean malenko wrestle eddie guerrero i I shouldn't even say eddie guerrero because eddie guerrero is lucha libre but you know what i'm saying like i you'd rather watch Shawn michaels wrestle Rey mysterio Ray Mysterio, and I'd rather watch Dean Malenko wrestle William Regal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I didn't want to get too off into the weeds or <laughs> not sound like a, uh, like, not sound like Bob Geigel. <laughs> it's wrestling. <clears throat> like, his glasses were never, 
like straight. <laughs> and they were those big, <laughs> those big television set looking glasses. Yeah, <laughs> at least I'm straight, man. They look like you smell like beer. Like it really smelled like beer. <laughs> I smell like beer, <laughs> but my glasses are straight. <laughs> like Ric Flair said, like he was talking about when he'd go to some like mud show or whatever, mm-hmm. and they'd be like, "We want you to go out first. I'm not gonna go out first. You need to go out first because I try to call." Bob Geigel. And Bob Geigel was just somewhere wearing his water shoes. <laughs> just being stupid. <laughs> it's like, you're the fucking president. You're supposed to handle this shit. And Ric Flair's out there negotiating whether or not the NWA champion should go out first or second. <laughs> what the fuck? I think Geigel was... I, I, I made the joke about Mushnick's wheelchair, but I think Geigel got into his position because he was like a suck-ass of Mushnick. I think that's why he where, was where he was in life. <sighs> All right. So, my dream card is obviously... And are these, like, in, in a, like how you would... Book it. Yeah, I, I did mine the way I would flow the show, yes. Okay. That's what I did too. Alright. I won't interrupt again, sorry. It's alright. Unless your match sucks. <laughs> well, my first match is I'm going to open up my card with a six-man tag team match. You got Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and the Junkyard Dog. <laughs> All right, so you got Ray and Eddie. Pick any time frame for those guys. JYD, I'm talking Mid-South JYD. And they are going to face the Midnight Express team. You know, I know it's I know it's sacrilegious, but my favorite Midnight Express team is Eaton and Lane. It's not Eaton and Condry. A lot of people I agree. Uh, do you? Yeah. A lot of people think it's Eaton and Condry, and I can see why. I mean, I'm not hating on Dennis Condry. Dennis Condry was cool. Dennis Condry was a really good promo. Like, Dennis Condry would come up with one-liners that were really fucking cool. But I... I, so he, I he was cool in the fact that Bobby Eaton didn't say much. Mm-hmm. Cornette yammered on but, and on and on. But he had, like, a, like a, I don't want to say baby face, but, you know, because a baby face is a face. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he looked like, you know, he seemed somewhat harmless. Yeah. And Cornette was like a chubby, loud mouth. And then you had Condry that, like, Bobby Eaton was the guy that was going to wrestle you. Yeah. Cornette was the shitty, loud mouth. Mouthpiece. <laughs> chicken shit heel. Yeah. And then Condry looked like the guy that was at the end of the bar. But then he's gonna look at you and be like, "These are my buddies, and you're fucking with them." And then he'd get in the ring, and he didn't, and, and he just beat the shit out of well, you. Well, you know what though, Dennis Condry is one of those guys that like does not wrestle like his body type. <laughs> yeah, and, and and like I said, he's like the guy that if he's hanging out with these two guys, that when Cornette starts talking smack, Bobby Eaton might be the guy that's like, "Oh, I'm gonna fight you." And he might get, he's going to get back up, but he get, he might get knocked down on his ass at the start of it. Yeah. But Dennis Condry's a guy that's just going to fucking haul off and deck you in the fucking face. 
and not give a fuck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And who's their partner? And their partner, it's uh, Bobby Eaton, Stan Lane, and heel Mid-South Jim Duggan. Uh-huh. And I would have I would have um, Ray, Eddie, and JYD go over in this match. It's the opening match. You could have Ray and Eddie can sell for the other team. JYD comes in for the save and winds up getting the win. And uh, if the match is in New Orleans, we blow the roof off the place. <laughs> All right. Second match. Is actually going to be a heel versus heel match because these two guys in their prime were both best as heels. So it is what it is. Um, but I would have probably a 1990, 1991 Kurt Henning wrestle a 1995, 1996 Owen Hart. I'd go with that. And... Henning, even though it's a heel versus heel match, Henning would actually win because I think even if it was a heel versus heel match, Owen would be the more dastardly of the two. <laughs> and Owen would wind up having some cheating that would backfire on him somehow, and Kurt Henning would win that match. I'd agree with that. The next match, I have... I mean, this is another guy where I say pick any... Pick any time that he was wrestling from probably between 1981 and 1993. Doesn't matter. Well, probably let's let's say 88, 89 because he'd be at the height of his heel gimmick. The Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, versus the modern day, as we speak right now, Seth Rollins. I think they could have a fantastic match. I think I think DiBiase could do. Do with Seth Rollins what he did with Bret Hart, if that makes sense. Yeah, just make the guy. Yeah, and I think they would have a great match. And actually, I would put Rollins over on that one, just because you know, let him let the let him go over the heel, and uh, I think they could have a great match. Now the next one, this is the one I said I know has happened in the past, but I would take the guys take these guys in different eras. I would go with the. Four Horsemen era, Barry Windham against the pre-neck injury 1997 Stone Cold Steve Austin. Barry Windham and Steve Austin? Yes. Austin, Austin in 97 before his neck injury. And then, you know, because I mean... And I'm not hating. Uh, it is what it is. The man got hurt, and he was still fantastic after the neck injury. But, you know, after after the neck injury, Austin perfected the walk and brawl. You know what I mean? Yeah. He he wasn't he wasn't um he wasn't the 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 ring general that he was before, and uh, perfectly understandable. But um yeah, so I would take that that '97 really red hot Steve Austin against that that Barry Windham heel red hot. From from the Horsemen and um, Austin would go over in that one. I think uh, I think those guys at, at 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 that time in those eras they uh, you know they would have tore the house down. Hell, they tore the house down together when they weren't you know when Austin was coming up and Barry was kind of coming down. Yeah, I just uh... 
and Barry was getting fat. And <laughs> because... We're talking about we're talking about him in their prime. Yeah. <laughs> Not his height of liking prime rib. <laughs> height of prime. I think. I think that would be a really good match. Um, we're just going like, you know, this is like, yeah, okay, sorry. Like, this is the, the blow-off. Like, this is like the WrestleMania card, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's why I'd say, okay, with Steve winning. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like we're going to do more with these guys. You yeah. know? Yeah. So the next match is going to sound weird, but I think if you folks wrap your head around it, you can see this as a really good match. And actually, it would be a match where there would be lots and lots of hope spots for the baby faces, but ultimately I would put the heels over. And it is a tag team match. It is Bam Bam Bigelow and Big Van Vader. Bigelow, you know, we're talking... Anytime between 88 and 94, Bigelow. And uh, probably anytime between 92 and 95, Vader. Because Vader's one of those few guys that I always prefer his WCW career, obviously. I'm just saying I'm not going to get as specific with the ears as what you're doing. Well, that's fine. That's turn. fine. Bigelow and Vader against Edge and Christian. The Bushwhackers. Oh. Edge and Christian. I thought you were going to say the Bushwhackers. <laughs> I think I think Bigelow Vader versus Edge and Christian could be a really cool like monster heel tag team versus smaller babyface tag team match and like I said Edge and Christian I think being the salesmen they are would be really good at doing hope spots in the match but at the end you'd have to give the the duke to Vader and Bigelow and let him go over. Okay. Do you think there's no- am I do you think I'm wrong in that 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 would be a fun match? That would be a fun match. There's I would, there's only, I would replace Edge and Christian with another tag team, but that's okay. Who? The Rock and Roll Express. See, they're they're later on on my card. It's funny. Uh, it's funny because they actually, well, I'll, 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 when I get there, it's almost there. So the uh, next match on my card, match number six, is um, both their 90s, both during the 90s. And this was this would have been a dream match for any of us that were wrestling fans in the nineties. Um, but I would like to have a babyface versus babyface match between Shawn Michaels and Sting. The ni- would, the ninety the nineties babyface versions of both of them I would have in that match. I, I I teetered back and forth on whether or not I would rather have heel Shawn Michaels versus Sting. But I think that their match would probably be more effective with their skill sets if they were both wrestling as baby faces, and then let Sean kind of lean heel during the match. And um, I would actually put Sting over in that match. I would too, because like that '90s Sean, like if you just look at them as as athletes. Mm-hmm. Ninety Sean was kind of chubby. <laughs> yeah, it's chubby and furry. And <laughs> yeah, like like 
it's not the same person at all. Mm. But like, you know who I would compare ninety Sean to? Tully Blanchard? No. <laughs> like like somebody well yeah. But like like a current wrestler, oh. if you look at him. Who? Like a current right now, this guy's wrestling, not his style, not what he does, not how he promotes himself. Yeah. I'm just saying off of looks. Mm-hmm. You know who Shawn Michaels, I, you know who I would compare 90 Shawn Michaels to? Who? Joey Ryan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got, he's pudgy and fuzzy and. <laughs> pudgy and he's hairy. He's got like a fucking disheveled hair. <laughs> so he's gyrating his belly. <laughs> yeah. And he thinks he's better looking than what he really is. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Obviously, Shawn Michaels is well. Yeah, obviously, Shawn Michaels ninety-seven thousand times better yeah, than Joey Sh- Ryan. Shawn Michaels is a wrestler, and Joey Ryan's a clown. So yeah, I mean, obviously, but but just off of looks, <laughs> mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels looks like Joey Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so if you take those two guys at that time, yeah, I'd put Sting over. Um. All right, my semi. Well, it's not technically Michaels and Sting was technically the semi main because then you put a tag team match between the semi main and the main. And this is where I had a debate. It was funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was funny that you said Edge and Christian, or that Rock and Roll Express against Bigelow and Vader because I considered it. But I put Edge and Christian with Bigelow and Vader because I, I kind of switched the babyface baby faces in the matches because as an uh, one of my favorite tag teams of all time is demolition and one of my favorite tag teams of all time is the rock and rolls so i would have demolition versus the rock and roll express i almost put no lie i almost put that on my card that would be a fantastic match and actually Earlier on the card, I put Bigelow and Vader over Edge and Christian, so I would send the fan, or I would make the fans happy in this match, and I would let the Rock and Rolls go over Demolition. The Demolition would obviously look strong, and lose nothing, but the Rock and Roll Express over Demolition, and uh, that would be fucking great. <laughs> yes, I, I I said I said when we you were could talking, even you could even make it like a Fuji accidentally hit smash with the mm-hmm. cane or something yeah you know so it's like they didn't lose i didn't Fuji lost you know what i mean yeah yeah i didn't want to make the say the sacred one of the sacred cows i want i didn't want to make the sacred cows i wanted to slaughter on this show a segment so i'll just do it now because we're talking about demolition but i have to slaughter a sacred cow and that is don't slaughter mr fuji no i'm slaughtering the road warriors the Road Warriors are fucking overrated, and Demolition was a better tag team. I mean, no, the no, the Road Warriors are overrated, and Demolition was a better team. I, 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 Demolition is so much more over with me than the Road Warriors. Now, what era Road Warriors? Every era Road Warriors. They not that they weren't awesome, but they're overrated. They're not one of the greatest tag teams of all time. If you put Hawk and Animal in a match where they have to go more than like ten minutes, it's kind of like Hogan. Like he's not one of the greatest. Ra- he's an attraction, 
the Road Warriors were an attraction. They're one of the greatest attractions of all time. They are not one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Because they couldn't have, I mean, they couldn't have really good matches. Okay, I'll give you that. But I really liked watching them go out there and beat the and fuck beat the out fu- of Yes, Randy absolutely. Herbert. As an attraction, hands down. In tag team wrestling. Like, I love watching them go, like. To me, the biggest. When the, they're when they're in that little fucking studio with like the the like gym like gymnasium bleachers and the fucking hits and you look at like randy barber and he's like (laughs) (laughs) and they just come out there and beat the fuck out of them but and then hawk just like makes some kind of riddle but do you and Paul Ellering like shakes his newspaper in their face? Oh, it's great. So, do you disagree with me that Demolition is better than the Road Warriors? As a, I, as wrestlers, no. Overall, to me, overall, I like I like I would ra- oh, no, I would no, rather no. watch Demolition just overall as a gimmick, as wrestlers, as everything. Demolition is so yeah, much I'll more. Say that they they me. had they had the they have the second greatest theme. In the history of wrestling, and demolition with Mister Fuji was perfect. Yeah, like, and, and, and maybe it's because I hate when people say that demolition was a Road Warrior ripoff. I hate that it wasn't. Mm-mm. But I'm just saying. How do I want to say it? Like, I love them equally for different reasons. Yeah, because you, know, you know what I'm saying. I have to say, like, iconic images in my mind. As a as a young wrestling fan, like the iconic images in my mind, and I don't know why, but they are Kurt Henning in this blue tights wearing the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Demolition with Mr. Fuji. <laughs> and like Ric Flair and Sting. And Hulk Hogan, you know, like not necessarily that Hulk Hogan was my, but I'm just talking about just iconic images. And to me, like Fuji and Demolition is one of the great combos in wrestling history. Oh, like, it, it is. was perfect. And, and it's so funny to think of the fact that at first somebody was like, yeah, they should be with Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> or, yeah. I'm sorry, Johnny Valiant, Johnny V, not Jimmy Valiant, <laughs> the Boogie Woogie Man. That would have been <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, mercy, daddy. <laughs> It's a smash, baby. They were in Nam. <laughs> I actually smashed that booty. <laughs> Big Mama says she liked demolition. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the axe. <laughs> oh, God. He'd be like, you got the axe. Here comes the smasher. <laughs> that demolition. Cushing that booty. <laughs> Mercy, Daddy. <laughs> hey, I saw something on. Uh, but the, we're getting, uh, we're, getting say, we're getting off track, and that's that. Whatever. I want the fans to know that we're just going to talk about whatever. But we'll get to my main event in a minute. But we we're talking about Jimmy Valiant, and I had to tell is that you your last match. Before no, the main event? yeah, that was my last match before the main. All right, event. Sean Mooney's interviewing some fuckers right now. <laughs> no, I ha- I have to say this because it, it talking <clears throat> about Jimmy Valiant <clears throat> reminded me. Right now, chronologically, I'm watching 83, anything WWE Network 83. So we got Mid-Atlantic, Mid-South, World-Class, WWF. Anyway, I saw saw this segment 
on uh, Mid Atlantic the other day, and if I wouldn't, if it wouldn't have been where I thought maybe you were still asleep in the morning, I which I'm on vacation right now, so <laughs> I would have texted you because they're doing an angle. Where Oliver Humperdinck is managing the one man gang and they're doing a body slam challenge deal. Okay. He's one of my sacred cows, by the way. Is Oliver Humperdinck. <laughs> yeah, I, you aren't going to hear any complaints from me. I think he sucks. But anyway. Yeah. He looks like a squid billy. <laughs> no, but in the same ring at the same time. All right. They're doing the one man gang slam challenge. And Jimmy Valiant is bringing people that want to try to slam the one-man gang. Street people? Huh? Well, Just street people? You might think so, because you know who's in the ring together trying to defeat the one-man gang? You're, you're going to love this. Be, this is all you right here. It's Jimmy oh. Valiant, Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant, and Dizzy Hogan. Oh Jesus! Brutus Christ. Beefcake is <laughs> they have Brutus Beefcake and Jimmy Valiant together, <laughs> and Beefcake has like the pe- the, the the dyed hair and a mustache, and he looks ridiculous. But anyway, yeah, it's Jimmy Valiant and Dizzy Hogan. I was like, oh God, Aaron would love this. <laughs> All right, moving on to my main event. Like that's how I felt about that fucking convention we're going to it's like <laughs> good thing i'm a democrat jimmy valiant <laughs> oh shit <laughs> there's an i saw bischoff and nash were gonna be there it's like well jimmy valiant you're not gonna get my 40 dollars so so is gail kim gail kim has been announced for it as has charlie caruso <laughs> Ooh, Charlie Caruso's going to be there? Yeah. Because apparently WWE announcers are allowed to do personal appearances. So I'm cool with that. I want to see that booty. I, I actually wouldn't mind getting Gail Kim's autograph because I think she's pretty awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing Carly Caruso's booty. <laughs> All right. What's your main event? Main event. Um... And with this, with the first guy, you can pick any time. Well, let's go with a baby face. So, 93 through 96, Brett the Hitman Hart. <clears throat> against, against a heel, Kurt Angle. Baby face, Brett Hart against heel, Kurt Angle. I think it would be it's it's one of the matches that I'm saddest that never got, it never got to happen. Yeah. Um and I would actually put Bret Hart over after probably like 30 to 40 minutes of wrestling fucking fantasticness. And that's my card. Okay. So what do you think? You think it was all right? <laughs> yeah. We'll take a break. And then I'm not going to change who goes over or not. Mm-hmm. But you can tell me on... Because when I did it, I just did it where... Like, I shouldn't say... When I made this card, I just made it on, like, you know, matches I want to see. Mm-hmm. 
you tell me what you who you think is a fan who the face and the heel is and I'm not going to change who goes over. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, when we return, we'll have Aaron's dream card and uh, we'll be right back after this, fans. Wrestling fans, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And real quick, a couple of things before we get into Aaron's dream card here on the show. Um, want to remind you, uh, I put the link up, uh, I think, yesterday again for the GoFundMe for Jerry Gray. If you want to contribute anything to Jerry Gray, a great hand in professional wrestling back in the 80s. And uh, he is battling stage four cancer, and we are supporting his GoFundMe page to help pay his bills. Um, you know, he lost his house. He, lo- I mean, he has lost everything battling this. And uh, and if you get a chance to um, to troll Jake Roberts' Twitter or Facebook, I did a lot. Or did you did you get banned by Jake Roberts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. As long as you can, troll Jake Roberts because Jake Roberts owes uh, Jerry Gray something like what is it now ten grand that we've that everybody has come to the conclusion that. Like, yeah, and you saw my Calvin Hobbs tweet. Yes. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, it's the one. Su- support Jerry that, and. That, that got me banned. The Calvin Hobbs deal. Support Jerry and fuck Jake. Um, and also I just read before we came back on air. Um, rest in peace. Apparently, Salvatore Belomo died today. That sucks. Yeah, Sal Belomo, a, a good, uh, a good worker. You know, as far as like, not, not like your catch as catch can gonna have a five star match, but as far as a a guy that's gonna go in and have a a good enhancement match with a up and coming heel or what have you, Sal Belomo. Um, <laughs> Who built a boat out of popsicle sticks That's or what something? I was just, no, he, he built his boat out of WWF magazines. So I was gonna say maybe they'll like send his ashes out to sea in one of the WWF magazine boats. But anyway, rest in peace, Salvatore Belomo, um, passing away today at the age of sixty-seven. So, all right. Time for your uh, your dream card. Well, at the start of my dream card, we're going to have a 10 belt. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought you were going to go, ironically, my first match has Salvatore yeah, Belomo. No, nope. we're going to have a 10 <laughs> bell salute to Salvatore, Salvatore Belomo. <laughs> Ding. Time Ding. <laughs> Ding. Everybody standing on the stage. Ding. 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 Ding, 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 ding. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sal. 
Thank you, Sal. You deserved it. Ah, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, now that just happened. Now we're going to have a good pyro session. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Because that's something I think is missing from wrestling. Yes, is it is. Pyro. Yes, it is. So now the Sal Palomo Tembella salute happened, and now the pyro's gone off. And our opening match is the Steiner Brothers mm -hmm. versus the Hart Foundation. Damn. <laughs> and like I said, I'm take. I'm not saying like you know 1980s, 1990s. These are these guys at their prime. Mm -hmm. I think if you took those two teams in the prime of their careers, that match would be a fucking amazing match. It'd be a barn burner. And I would definitely have the the Heart Foundation as a he as the heels in that one. Alright. Well the hearts go over. Mm-hmm. Alright. So the next match on my card is Terry Funk versus Big Van Vader. Hmm. I don't think that one ever happened in real life. That's what I'm trying I to do of. is these matches. I explained that earlier. Uh, but Vader would... Listened. You would you would essentially have Vader beating the shit out of Terry Funk. Yes, and at the end of the match, Vader wins. Mm-hmm. So, we've gone the Steiner Brothers versus the Hearts. Hearts go over. And then Terry Funk and Big Van Vader. And then after that, we're going to go with Eddie Guerrero versus the Dynamite Kid. Hmm. That would be... That would oh, be amazing. That would be that would be a good, really good match with uh, Dynamite as the face, Eddie as the heel. Now... I know you're going to give us your finish, but I would actually have those two guys wrestle to a draw. Well, I'm not going to do that because it's coming up later. Okay. <laughs> but Eddie Guerrero goes over with a frog splash. After Dynamite Kid would miss his headbutt, Eddie would like do like a, like a low boy drop kick and then climb up, hit his frog splash, and beat him. The next match would be Ravishing Rick Rude versus Razor Ramon. Hmm. Razor Ramon and Rick Rude. Do you think they would mesh well? Yes. I think that... Well, obviously, Rude would be the heel. You'd have Babyface Razor versus Rude as the heel. That would be a good. Uh, that would be a good like mid card title match too. Um, like I would almost say, like I didn't think about like a lot of storylines involving in it, right? But I did when I thought about this. Like I almost thought about these guys being a team. And that, yeah, and then Razor going. And then, and then Rude turns on Razor, and then they have their match. Mm -hmm. And and Razor Ramon obviously goes over, 
but I think they would have a I I think those guys would have a great match. I was tra- while you were saying that I was trying. You know how like uh, um, Razor would he would call Mister Perfect like Perfecto and stuff like that. Yeah. I was trying to think of a of like a thing he would call Rude, and I couldn't think of it. Rudo like, or Mustachio. Mustachio. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> But yeah, that would be a good match. Yeah, and Razor goes over. And then the next match on the card would be Rey Mysterio Mm -hmm. versus Owen Hart. Damn. Good fucking God. (laughs) Could you imagine if Rey Mysterio and Owen Hart were able to lock up and have a fucking match? would be fantastic. And, like you said, and I didn't Like, either... I would have to have baggy pants on if I was watching that match. <laughs> or everybody would know what fucking religion I was. That, Like you said, like you said earlier, and I didn't either, like, thinking about the angles going into the match. Like, think about the fun you could have with o- heel Owen Hart cutting promos about Rey Mysterio. You know? Yeah. Or, like, Rey Mysterio is going to try to have a lucha match with fucking <laughs> psychosis, and all of a sudden the blue blazer shows up. You know? and, and everybody knows that Owen Hart's the blue blazer. And, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, trivialize it or whatever. Right. But that would be fun shit. Yeah, he'd be like, and, I, am the, I am the greatest luchador. Yeah, blue blazer's <laughs> the greatest luchador of all time. And, and, and then they would go out there, and, yeah, the... Kill the, it. <laughs> The joke would be there, but then they would go out there and they would fucking kill it. Yeah. Because you'd have the, like, two of the top ten greatest fucking wrestlers in the history of fucking professional wrestling having a fucking match. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be amazing. And I would obviously have uh, Rey Mysterio go over. Because, I mean, I'm not knocking Owen, but if you have that that style of match or that storyline, you'd, you'd want Ray to win. Well, you know, not to mention Owen Hart was so good and was such a good heel that he's one of those guys that Owen Hart honestly could have lost every match for a year and still been over. Yeah. Like, he was yeah. so good at he being... Need to win. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't need it, and yeah, that. So yeah, Ray would go over, but Owen would still have every bit of heat that he had before he went into the match. Yeah. So now Owen and Ray have had their amazing match, and Ray has won. And now we're going to take an intermission, and Sean Mooney's going to interview some people. <laughs> and after going to interview them about their their thoughts of Sal Balomo. Yeah, and how much he didn't matter. <laughs> After this amazing match and the Sean Mooney interviews, we're going to come back and we have three more matches, ladies and gentlemen. And the next match out is Bruiser Brody versus Haku. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Like, when you said Bruiser Brody, I was about to say, eh, I wouldn't put him out of my cards, I, I think. Because Bruiser Brody's another uh, sacred cow I'd like to slaughter. But yeah, watching him and Haku beat the fuck out of each other would be fun. Yeah. 
Remember? And this match, who's the heel? Who's the face? Nobody. You don't have. You don't have. It's just too. Yeah. Too... These guys are just pissed at each yeah. other. Yeah. <laughs> They're just mad. <laughs> Actually, you could just even. You know what? It would be cool. You could come back from your, or you could have Mooney doing his interviews, and have those two just fight past him. Out to the ring and then just have the like you know Bob Geigel, yeah. <laughs> like it's a match now, yeah. and it's send like, a referee out and there you go you got your match. One or the other eight the other guys peppermint patty and they're just fucking <laughs> fighting, you know. And this match ends in a double DQ and they just brawl out in the crowd and that's that's the end of that. It would have to be Afro Magno. Now is that cropped Afro Mang? No, no, I'm talking wild Afro Mang. Okay. <laughs> wild Afro Mang against Wild Afro Brody. <laughs> it might be hair versus hair. I don't know. But I would yeah, have tell, that, that depends on what that crazy Bob Geigel's got up his sleeve tonight. <laughs> and Teddy Long can come out and make it a tag team match. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I got that match <laughs> on my card. I would love have watched Haku yeah that actually fight. pairing Haku up with Brody was probably the only way you were going to get me to agree to Brody being on a card like this because like I think if I, I was think, the booker I think Brody's <laughs> highly overrated if I was the booker of any type of wrestling that I had a Haku and a Bruiser Brody on my card <laughs> I would look at those two and be like hey you guys are going to wrestle tonight and then he said, what's the finish? And we're like, you figure it out. Yeah, there is no finish. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, one of you is going to have to concede and just <laughs> let him go out there. <clears throat> so now they've they've brought off into oblivion. Oblivion, they're, they're not to be seen anymore. And we bring everybody back. It's like, okay, everybody settled down. The next match on the card is Shawn Michaels. Versus Randy Savage. Now that one's is one that I would have to, because there's so many facets. And that's the only that's the only match that I, I I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Well, I've no, seen those guys wrestle. My my question though to you is, I know you said because I was more specific with years, but I think with this one you have to pick a time frame for Sean. Because there are multiple Shawn Michaels, if that makes sense. You've got. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put it as the Shawn Michaels that has kicked Marty through the barbershop window. Okay. So like '92. Okay. Yeah, because I was gonna say, you know, you've got Randy Savage, like Randy Savage in the jumpsuit, Randy Savage and early sexy boy Shawn Michaels. Okay. Which they did have that match and it was really good. So, yeah. Dang. And in that match, Randy Savage goes over. Dig it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm Damn gonna, right. I'm gonna make the kid look good, you know. But I gotta go over, you know, because space is the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm the cream of the crop. The cream rises to the top. Yeah. And then in the main event for my championship belt, it is. Defending champion Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Actually, this match I would say is um, I would book it as Lady Killer versus Lady Killer. Uh oh. 
<laughs> ready? It's Ric Flair mm-hmm. defending his championship against Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> God. <laughs> really? Snuka? Yeah. Could you imagine, like, a in his prime, Jimmy Snuka ripped to the gills, fucking, but, uh, to the, like, Technicolor brother, bring you out into the screen, brother. Jimmy Snuka versus fucking Ric Flair, pompous, arrogant. <laughs> Ric Flair, but you crazy tree jumping. He's fucking <laughs> elegant in all his words that he says, and Jimmy Snuka's broken English, but saying, bring, come to me, brother. And it would be fucking amazing. Rick would have. Like, like I think, I think Ric Flair. Jimmy Snuka would, and I'm, a, and you know how much I like Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. right? If Roddy Piper, if it would have been Ric Flair and Jimmy Snuka, it would have just destroyed Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, more than likely. Like because because like you said because of the clash of of um what do you want to say the class of the clash of class I guess yeah like Ric Flair could have been like you are a tree living Flair Flair would have to get in the ring with Snook. you would have to again here we go I'm booking angles for this thing but it would be great because you could book like a you could book their first encounter all right. Ric Flair's getting in the ring with this savage fuck, right? And he just thinks he's this stupid guy. And by the end of it, Ric Flair has to look... It's almost like Triple H and Cactus Jack. Like, Flair has to leave the ring yeah, pe- like petrified. Rick, <laughs> petrified. Ric Flair... <laughs> Starts out cocky, but he winds up just petrified of this guy. Yeah, and, and like, like Piper... Like, I love Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper is like in my top five favorite performers in the history of professional wrestling. So when I thought about this match, I thought about not the match. I thought about the performers in it and mm-hmm. what they'd be willing to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Roddy Piper didn't want to lose anybody. Yeah, Piper didn't right? want to put people but, over. Like right. he didn't put people over. Rick Flair would have sold that like like if you would have just taken Rick Flair and replaced him with Roddy Piper and had Rick Flair smack Jimmy Snuka with the coconut mm-hmm. and Jimmy Snuka is just staggering and not selling it, Rick Flair would have freaked his fucking mind out even <laughs> more than what Roddy Piper did. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just, I think Ric Flair versus Jimmy Snuka would be amazing. And, mm-hmm. and like, Flair, like, just slamming out the money, saying, I'm just, I'll just, I have all this money, I have a limo, and what you have is a fucking pineapple tree and nothing. Or what, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think that would be a great main event, and I would still put Flair over. Flair would win. Yeah, but but he would win, and then um, 
in um, a shitty way. Yeah, well, and have to be carried from the ring by his buddies. Yeah, like he'd be bleeding all over yeah. the fucking place, <laughs> and, and probably he'd probably win in some disqualification type way. But I think Jimmy Snuka versus Ric Flair would be the main event of my card. Well, there you go. Good card. Well, I know. I booked it. <clears throat> just as a fun little thing, just as a side note, while you were going over your card, I actually kept track of who we both decided to include on our cards. Just a little fun deal. The only one's Brett and Eddie, right? Ray Mysterio. Eddie Guerrero. Owen Hart, Vader, and Bret Hart, and Shawn Michaels. So, there you go. The All super right. the super cards of the, uh, the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And, you know, actually, we've only gone 20 minutes so far in this segment. Usually each segment's about 30 minutes. So we can start our uh, top five commentating teams. Guy P first. Yes, you can. I'll just pause it. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we're going to roll on here. Since, again, like I said, we got at least 10 minutes left in this segment. Top five commentary teams of all time. Favorite commentary teams of all time. And Aaron came up with this idea, so I'll uh, give him the honor of going first. All right. Number, uh, you're number five. I'm going to say this. Number five isn't like... I'll say this one like five through four isn't in any order, mm -hmm. but number the last one I say is my favorite. Okay. Um, uh, Michael Cole and Taz. I like Michael Cole. They're not on my top five, but I like Michael Cole and Taz. They, like, you could tell they genuinely enjoyed working together. And they did. And what I liked about them was. They knew when to lay out. Mm -hmm. Like when Kurt Angle would come out and the explosions were going off, and or when Brock would come out and you know same thing. Like they knew when to shut the fuck up. Yeah, and let the crowd and the ambiance tell the story. And Taz is funny. And Taz is funny as fuck. I like Taz. Somebody call my mama. Somebody call my mama. Or when <laughs> Billy Gunn comes out and he's like, wah, wah. Or he's like, the wig got eliminated, JR. I know we're yeah. talking about the JR thing at the Royal Rumble now, but I'm just saying Taz is funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Isn't that wah, wah thing on that on the world tour? Is that in the world tour when they're in? No. That's no, like a great American bash okay. or whatever. He's like, wah, wah. Yeah, it's funny shit, and and like I said, they like. Although Michael Taz Taz is a very 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 underrated, like analysis guy. Like he's a very underrated color commentary. My mm -hmm. color commentary. Ah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. He he's very underrated in my opinion. Like Taz should still have a fucking job. As a commentator. As a other guy. Like, I know you like Booker T. And I mm -hmm. like Booker T. And I know you like Renee Young. And I like Renee Young. I'm also a fan of JBL. A lot of people hate on JBL as a commentator. I, I like... I, and 
and I understand that, but I think Taz is super, super fucking underrated. Mm-hmm. That guy was so goddamn good. He should still have a fucking job. Like, when you turn on Raw, it should be Michael Cole, Corey Graves, and Taz calling the fucking action. Taz is super underrated. And Michael Cole and Taz together, great. Yeah, well, I, I have absolutely, like, I not that I disliked Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler together, because you could always, again, you could tell they genuinely liked each other too. But um, Taz is definitely my favorite partner of Michael Cole. By far. Even over Jerry Lawler. All right. All right. So my number five is Vince McMahon and Jesse the Body Ventura. I liked them, but they they tried to outdo each other. And that's what I liked about them. I, I think that the Vince McMahon and Jesse Ventura together because, and the reason I say that is because they, they were together. Um, I don't want to say they weren't together all the time. Like they were together on Saturday night's main event and then they would be together sometimes on superstars and they wouldn't, but they weren't together all the time. And to listen to them commentate together. Cause you know, Vince can make anything sound like a big deal. And Jesse as a heel commentator was almost the same way in his cuz he was adversarial and he was adversarial even with Gorilla. But yeah, he but was see, he well, was particularly adversarial with Vince and I find it I found it fun. I I I like listening to them together. I prefer a I shouldn't say I would do each other. I don't I don't like when a commentary team is trying I should say outdo each other I don't like when they're trying to one up the other person you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I want it to be a I feel this way you feel that way let's discuss it so you don't like any commentary team with Roddy Piper in it then no okay well, and I was and just, I just said earlier that fucking Roddy Piper is my fifth favorite wrestler of all time. I fucking love Roddy Piper, but I don't I don't want it to be a I don't want to say argument, but I want it to I don't want it to be a oh look at that maneuver oh that maneuver saw like I want you don't it to be, you don't want you don't want the announcers to outshine the action. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I like, just... it shouldn't be these two guys talking about something overshadowing, like you said, overshadowing what's going on in the ring. It should be like a, you know, oh, what a maneuver. Oh, da 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 da, da. Go ahead. Sorry. No. No, that's fine. I, I understand what you're saying. I'm just, like I said, like you said before, personal opinion. I just, I like Vince and Jesse together. I like listening to it, and it's probably again because they it was a rarity, you know. Almost it, they weren't together every week; they weren't together all the time. So to me, when they were, it was fun. Like my thing is like if it's if Vince is going to be the loud guy in the booth, then it should be like Vince is the 
boisterous, loud guy in the booth, and then he's sitting there next to um, Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four. Tony Schiavone, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby the Brain Heenan. That, that combo is not on my list. And the... The reason is, and I definitely I, not lack of leg whip. <laughs> no, no, because I really like that announced team, but, well, actually, I should let you explain why you like it before I explain why it, I didn't put it on my list. I like it because of almost about what I was saying with Vince and Jesse was you have these two people that are over-the-top characters Mm -hmm. with their jokes and their comments. And then you have this guy in the middle that is just the straight-laced guy that can say, hey, settle down, or you're over-the-top, or this, that, and the other thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like... Bobby, Bobby the Rain Heenan, okay, is hands down in professional wrestling the funniest motherfucker ever. Correct? And as you know, you and I will not disagree on that. (laughs) And then Dusty Rhodes is, you know you're not going to get any disagreement with me on Dusty Rhodes either. (laughs) Is hands down the slickest Slyest motherfucker. And one of the professional wrestling. One of the five most charismatic human beings to ever yeah. live. So you, so you have Bobby Heenan, the funniest guy. Dusty Rhodes, the slickest, blackest motherfucker <laughs> in the professional wrestling business, and they're bookending it. And then you have this straight laced, white red guy right in the middle of them. And he's calling the action, and you can say what you want to say about Tony Schiavone, but he was a very solid commentator in wrestling, right? Yeah, sure. He's if you want to if you want to say Jim Ross, okay? People can say Jim Ross is the voice of a generation or whatever. Tony Schiavone is the voice of a generation as well. I'm not saying that Tony Schiavone's on Jim Ross's level, but he is the voice of a generation. It's that guy right in the middle of these two amazing talents, mm-hmm. and he balanced it out great. And you only got it on pay per view. Yep, it was a. Again, much it, like you, you didn't get those. It's much like you were saying with like Vince and Jesse. Mm-hmm. You didn't get them all the time. You got them on a fucking World War Three, or you got them on a Super Brawl. So when they were together, I think Vince, uh, Tony, Dusty, and Bobby saved 
so many shitty shows. <laughs> like when you watch it, you're just like, oh man, this show's not that great. But when you listen to the commentary, they fucking saved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the combination of Bobby Heenan and Dusty Rhodes entertains the shit out of me. <laughs> so, my number four, and this is um, this is this is a Memphis wrestling fan talking, is uh, Lance Russell and Dave Brown. I didn't see a lot of that. I know they did a lot of table talking. They did, and the thing I like about it, it's funny. It, it's it's a different kind of thing than a WWF or a WCW. I'll Ru- say this: I I'm I'm a hillbilly, <laughs> you know. So I understand. Like, I shouldn't say I'm a hillbilly. Like I understand. Like when I think of like Dave Brown and Lance Russell, I think about like two guys being drunk sitting down at a bar talking about some well, shit that and just it, happened. It isn't even that. It's it's and and it takes it. I think to truly appreciate them as a team, it takes. It, it's one of those things where you have to be, like, like, like I will will just watch Memphis wrestling. You know what I mean? And you have to you have to be you have to be into the product really to appreciate them because they were they were because of the intimate atmosphere of the studio and the way that Jerry Lawler and and Dutch Mantel and 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 uh and whoever else was in charge in Memphis the way that they booked the show and the way the show was written those two guys were interwoven into it do you know what i mean like they were Instead of just being the broadcasters, like Lance Russell was actually one of Lawler's rivals or one of Lawler's friends, depending on whether Lawler was a heel or a face. Yeah. And and Dave Brown was kind of the – he was always kind of just like Lance Russell's buddy. <laughs> you know, like he was his he was he was Lance Russell's dude. Like he was gonna side with Lance Russell, but if Lance Russell got in Lawler's face or whatever, like Dave Brown kinda <laughs> Dave remember when Shane McMahon edged out of the church thing because Vince yeah. McMahon that's what Dave yeah. Brown would do. Like Lance Russell would be getting in Lawler's face and Dave Brown would just disappear off camera like Ope. <laughs> yeah, I understand like, that. He <laughs> said Ope. That's a Ohio thing. Absolutely. You know, I understand what you're saying, like that's what I was I just, just saying. Like, I just love... Russell and Dave Brown were the two guys sitting at the bar, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, some big fucker looks at some other big fucker, <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, fuck you!" And then the big fucker goes, "Fuck you!" And it just and then pushes they, him in the face, and they start fighting, and Lance Russell's like, "Lawler," and I'm like, "Oh." All right, that was my number four, Lance Russell and Dave Brown. Number three? And it's, I'm just going to say it, it's not, I shouldn't say it, but um, when I was talking about Tony and, I I brought up Tony Schiavone earlier, I'm going to talk about Tony again. It's Tony and Jesse Ventura. Really? Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura. See, Je- 
Really? If you listen to Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura, Jesse, those he's... guys. Go ahead. Hmm? No, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Jesse just always came off as lazy to me in WCW. Like, I just, I don't know. He just never seemed like he was into the product. I'm not, you can say that, but look at, um, what is it, SummerSlam? Mm-hmm. Tony and Jesse together. Tony were, or Jesse wearing the Mickey ears and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah. They were really good there. I thought Tony Schiavone and Jesse Ventura in WWF were good. And I thought they were really good in WCW. I'm not going to lie. I enjoy their commentary together. I'll do like Ray Mysterio. I'll be like, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. And and it's 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 all a matter they, of... They liked each other. They, well, yeah. To, me, yeah. to me, they got along. They were happy with each other. They seemed like they enjoyed watching wrestling together. And I just thought Tony and Jesse did a good job. All right. All right. So, fuck me, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus. Who you got next on your list? Jim Ross and Paul Heyman, both WCW and WWF. Oh, fuck them. <laughs> I like JR and I'm Heyman kidding. together. I, I like them a lot, too. <laughs> like, Heyman... Heyman, it's funny because JR and Lawler were really good together. Don't get me wrong, but I almost like in a in a two man booth. I almost like Heyman with Ross better because it is down home Oklahoma, and the only way you could get new more New York if is is if it was Vince Russo. You know what I mean? Like just. This, yeah. if you're talking polar opposites, and Heyman was a very good antagonist, and Ross was a very good protagonist, and I always liked them together. As a matter of fact, I don't think that they got enough time at either company to work together long enough, um, to my liking, because I I just I thought they were really good, a really good duo. I agree. So you're number two, unless you had anything else on those guys, but. I just think, like, what was it, like, um, Halloween Havoc 1990? Is that the one with Sid and Sting? Yeah, yes. and this, well, even more than that, it's like the Steiner Brothers. And the Nasty Boys. And the Nasty Boys. Like, yeah. they, they. They did really good together. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, they were always good together. <clears throat> to me, I mean, I never. <clears throat> sorry, I've never heard them. I've never heard them do a show together where I was like, "Oh, they were off tonight." Like they just, it was for some reason. And it's funny because you can tell that they have. You can tell that they have this relationship that is. They respect each other. But they have absolutely, completely different ideas of what wrestling is and what wrestling yeah, should like be. The Donny Osmond and Marie Osmond. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling commentary. Yeah. Like, they respect the fuck out of each other, but they're not ever going to agree on anything. 
Jim Ross is like, I'm a little bit country. <laughs> and Paul Heyman's like, I'm a little, I'm bit, a little bit rock and roll. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's your number two? Oh, my. Hold on. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> Christ. Jim Ross is like. <laughs> Paul Heyman's like. I'm a little bit tired. And Jim Ross is like, give me some Rocky Road. <laughs> you want some ice cream? You want a hot ice cream, Uncle Jerry? Ice cream. All right. Numero dos. Numero dos is probably the same one on yours. Is Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler? Actually, no. What? Not, not no, 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 not really. But go ahead, Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. That's the fucking fantastic broadcast. Team. That's the goddamn iconic broadcast team. Here's That's my, the soundtrack of my fucking childhood. Here's man. my only difference. This is me walking down Manhattan Boulevard in Toledo and looking through all the magazines and getting home and waiting to fucking turn on Raw and fucking putting the goddamn video cassette <laughs> in the goddamn VCR to record it. While you're working at fucking music land, <laughs> making absolutely fucking nothing. <laughs> but building you can a. Take me but, to a goddamn dollar movie but, so we can watch fucking. But building. Working at music land, making nothing, but building what would be a great retail career. <laughs> yeah, whatever. So we're gonna, you're fucking working at music land. So you can fucking take me to the fucking dollar movie to watch <laughs> She's the One or whatever with fucking Cameron Diaz. Who wants to fucking watch that goddamn movie? But I am videotaping this shit. I shouldn't say shit. This amazing stuff. So when you come home, I'm like, dude, you got to fucking watch this. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> no, tell like, me. no, you shut the fuck up. You need to watch this. <clears throat> it's good shit. And it's all called by Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross. So we are almost in agreement. I don't know what the fuck just happened, but that's we how are, it was. We are almost in agreement. You said JR and Jim and Jerry Lawler. Yeah. And I said not quite. And you, you put said, Kevin Kelly in there if you and want. And you said, what the fuck? No, I say number two for me is Jim Ross, Jerry the King Lawler, and Vince McMahon. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny about that? Well, I'll tell you when we're done. But no, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Jerry Lawler, I like that team. I like that three. That's the that's really the only three man booth, other than well, mm, it, Tony see, Schiavone, 
Bobby Heenan Dusty and, and Dusty Rhodes. Bobby the see, it's funny because I say the same thing about Tony, where you said, where you said mm, about Vince. I say the same thing about Tony. So, but the the Vince Jr. Lawler team, especially through '96, like late '96 and and '97, I really like that team. I that's I like that's them too. That's my number two. So I, you know, I like I like Jr. and Lawler too. I just throw a little, little Vince McMahon into it. Now I do think we are going to be in oh, agreement. Yeah. I thought I thought you were going to try like smack me around about Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. Oh no, I'm just I'm just telling you, man. No, 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 no. Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler are fantastic together. I just stealing candy and shit from that corner <laughs> store off Chestnut <laughs> and going to Leverett. <laughs> Junior high. If we have any, li- if we have I, any, I was stealing so much shit from that place. If we have any listeners in Toledo right now, they're like, "Represent <laughs> Variety Store." Yeah, I stole so much. Wait, shit wait, from wait, that wait, wait, store. wait, wait, Food Town. <laughs> <laughs> uh, food Town. I'm just saying. You I said, so- me. I said something to Kendall one time about Food Town. She's like, "What the fuck's a Food Town?" <laughs> That's where you steal shit from. I was like, that's better than Kroger. That's what Food Town is. <laughs> that's an orange and white sign that you steal shit from there. Mom's bank was by Food Town, all right? Yeah, Food <laughs> I haven't talked about Food Town in a long time. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, number one. We're going to have the same number one. I know we are. It's Bobby, <laughs> the Brain Heenan, and Gorilla Monsoon. Absolutely. Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan is the greatest commentary team in the history of wrestling, and anybody that says they're not is a fucking they're idiot. Fucking, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> I, you know what? It pisses me off. Aaron and I belong to uh, at least one Facebook group, Mutual. It pisses me off to no end. When I see people hate on Gorilla Monsoon, it like, actually pisses. It pisses. There's, there's it, people, there's it pisses people me the fuck Monsoon, off. But there's people that try to say that Bobby Heenan's not the funniest motherfucker ever. Yeah, I don't see that that much. I, I, see, I see it. I see a lot of hate for Gorilla, and I'm just like, you know what? You go fuck yourself, Gorilla Monsoon. Okay, Gorilla Monsoon didn't call. And this is I'm gonna I'm not gonna hate on Jim Ross here. I'm just gonna use Jim Ross as a example. Gorilla Monsoon didn't call the match from bell to bell like a boring ass Jim Ross in it Jim Ross isn't boring. But you know what I'm saying? He didn't he didn't he didn't do Gordon Soley or Jim Ross calling the match uh-uh, calling every hole bell to bell like a fucking boring motherfucker from bell to bell in a 25-minute match. Gorilla Monsoon sat down, watched a match, and fucking entertained you. And he called a move when it needed to be called. You know what I mean? Like, I hate when people hate on Gorilla. That pisses me off. (laughs) It's stupid that it pisses me off. I never knew the guy. But I'm just saying, I get fucking... It's not stupid. (laughs) I think it's it's like, you shouldn't hate on the guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you might not enjoy that style. Like, to me, okay? Mm-hmm. 
Gorilla Monsoon is fucking amazing. Okay. I enjoy listening to Gorilla. Like, if I'm going to get drunk, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to put this out there. If I'm going to get drunk and sit down and watch some wrestling, I'm going to watch WrestleMania 3 through WrestleMania 7. Okay? Yeah. It's like, all right, I have 12 hours where I'm going to sit down and just get drunk and watch this shit. And I'm going to be entertained and enjoy listening to Gorilla Monsoon. Okay? Mm-hmm. I like it. I like his voice. It's the voice of my childhood. Yeah. And... It's it when I was stealing from Food Town, <laughs> I was listening to fucking Gorilla Monsoon. Okay. Yep. When I hear Lance Russell, what I hear is uh uh-uh. uh You meant Gordon Soley just then. Well, you know what I'm saying. Or Gordon yeah. Soley, Lance yeah. Russell, um Bob Keitel. When I hear those guys I hear what I don't want to hear. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Not that I I shouldn't say what I don't want to hear. That's not what I enjoy. I enjoy listening to Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon and their banter. Mm-hmm. Ahead of listening to Lance Russell and Dave Brown or... I like a good wrestling call. But I don't need every move called for me. I'm watching it. Yeah. You were interrupting me because I was rambling. <laughs> well, I was just summing it up. I mean, I knew what you were trying yeah. to say. It, it's all about what you hear as a kid. Your childhood is what decides what you do in your or decides what you enjoy in your life. Like, one of the things that pissed me off the most about the Gorilla Monsoon thing. Like, I enjoy fucking Fraggle Rock over goddamn Sesame Street because I know fucking Fraggle Rock. That was random. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, one of the things that, that, like, as an example of, of a hate on Gorilla Monsoon that makes me mad is I read this thing one time, and it's Dave Meltzer. And he's re- he, he's reviewing some pay-per-view or something, WWF pay-per-view. And he says that Gorilla Monsoon said the fans are literally hanging from the rafters. And then he got pretentious about it. Like, about well, literally? obviously they're not literally hanging. And it's like, well, obviously, Dave, you fucking asshole. This guy is in the hype business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck off. <laughs> His Majesty Bobby Heenan and His Majesty Gorilla Monsoon are number one on the top five ta- uh, f- f- top five commentary teams of all time. I thought you wanted to do a segue, like you were like, "Oh, I'm going to do a segue." <laughs> it was going to be professional. You fucked it up. Well, yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> like you said, I paid for the. <laughs> you paid for the equipment. <laughs> do your thing <laughs> so i can fuck up my segue anytime i want <laughs> yeah so now we are going to talk about our, is what every old person's eh. our lists like d- when they run into like a 
like a garbage can or whatever. Like, I'll fuck up my Segway when I want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 96. I can do what the fuck I want to do. Yeah. So our lists of comedy movies, I guess, are going to be kind of different then, right? Yeah. Because you, you, you said underrated comedy movies, and I guess I didn't put the thought into it than you did, because I just kind of went with what are my favorite comedy movies like and the way i judge it is how do i watch this movie repeatedly and every time i watch it do i laugh okay um so do you want to start or you want me to it's up to you what i'm gonna do though when when we get to mine i'm gonna give you four i'm gonna give you how should i say it i'm gonna give you two movies where I just tell you either the lines or the segments, and then two movies where I tell you the people that are in them, and then I'm going to tell you one movie where I just tell you the name of it. Okay. I'm going to make you guess. Or you can... Not or, but you, if you want to go first, you can just tell me your movies, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Well, number five for me... Oh, so you're going first? Yes. Okay. I cheated for number five because it's actually a three-way tie. Okay. Because, you know, it's hard. It's hard. We're both students of comedy. It's hard to pick, especially at the lower, because, I mean, I know what my two favorite funny movies ever are, hands down. But after that, it gets foggy. So, here they are. All right? You've got... Coming to America. Yes. Fuck you. Yes. Fuck you, Fuck too. You too. <laughs> Coming to America is funny as McDougal's? Come on. Yeah. This shit's funny as fuck. He beats him the sh- when he beats the shit out of him with a mop bucket. <laughs> great shit. Or old dude with his fucking Jerry Curl juice on the couch. Yeah, that's good shit, man. That's a good fucking movie. <laughs> Coming to America. Princess Bride. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love Princess Bride. Princess Bride's a great movie. <laughs> and Friday. Oh, Friday. I almost put Friday on Friday. my list. Friday like, is nope. amazing. For, especially, folks, if you did not grow up in the inner city. <laughs> How the fuck did you get fired on your day off? <laughs> I put Friday. I'm not lying. You want some, I, old I, man? No. <laughs> I am not lying. I put Friday on my list, and then I took it off because I was like, there's no way Friday is an underrated comedy because it's (laughs) one of the fucking funniest movies ever made, and nobody could ever deny it. Stealing some boxes. (laughs) Yeah, how'd you get fired? He and uh, he was like, Smokey was like, what were you, been in the clubhouse? (laughs) And then the guy's like, Smokey over there, he's taking the shit. (laughs) Oh, Debo. (laughs) Just fucking Friday. How is Friday? I thought we were making like an underrated comedy list. Well, that's what I just said. Your your list and my list are completely different because I didn't go with underrated. Okay, well, Friday is no way <laughs> underrated. Like, when Smokey's, like, banging on the door, he's like, I gotta take a shit, I gotta take a shit. 
Oh, God damn. Friday's <laughs> a great movie. Uh, <laughs> I love Friday. Number four on my list. I even like Friday After Next. Friday After Next is okay. And then, what is it, Next Friday? Yeah, I don't care about Next Friday, but like... <laughs> When it's like next Friday has that guy who's like a fat John Leguizamo in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah and fucking Cat Williams is in that, and he's like, "You made me smell my spill my yak." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good movie. But yeah, but Fr- Fr- Friday, Princess Bride, and Coming to America, a three-way tie. Again. I'm sorry, listeners, we're doing kind of different lists here. Because Aaron did underrated, and I just kind of went with my favorite comedies. Number four, Caddyshack. Oh, I love Caddyshack. (sighs) Caddyshack has... Everything. Well, and it has one of, if not... Look at that hat. (laughs) I bet you get 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 that hat, you get a free bowl of soup. It's good on you, though. It's good on you, though. Uh, Caddyshack has probably, if not the best, like, ensemble cast ever. The only movies with an ensemble cast that I like better... I don't even know that I like them better. But I would say are comparable to Caddyshack. Are um, the folks that did, like, Best in Show. Yeah, like the Christopher Best movies. Yeah. Christopher Get... Ah. Christopher Guest, yes. Yeah. Those are fantastic, like, as far as ensemble cast movies, like, but... Ted Knight, Ted Knight is super underrated. Mm-hmm. As a straight man, yet funny yeah. man. Yeah. Ted Knight right. is the gorilla monsoon of comedy movies. Like, Yeah, like, <laughs> when, when they're golfing, and, and his like, grandson's <laughs> like, I want a hot dog, and I want a slushy... And I want, and he goes, "You'll get nothing and like it." <laughs> Fucking great! Ah, shit. <laughs> Next. Fucking Rodney Dangerfield's great in that fucking movie. And he goes, "Oh, you were you were probably great before electricity." <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! What is he? Fucking... What does he say? What does he say to that lady when they're about to leave the party? Damn it! Is it like a corpse joke or something? Like he something he like he makes a joke about the party being dead. You know, yeah, like but, but fucking Bill Murray. <laughs> like when Bill Murray's golfing, he's like, "Oh, it's a Cinderella story," and all that shit. Oh man, it's great! And fucking Chevy Chase is great in that movie when he's out there with the fucking kid and he's like oh, we're gonna do a good job Billy and he's like like asking his name and he's like hey Betty and like <laughs> everybody in that fucking movie is amazing and and to me Brian Doyle Murphy who wrote that fucking movie or co-wrote that movie mm-hmm. Brian Doyle Murphy doesn't get enough love when it comes to being a funny human being like if you want to hear some funny shit listen to like national lampoons brian Doyle brian doyle murphy doing like the 
a beautiful lady walked in with an arm on his leg and all that shit. It's, it's really good shit. But go ahead with your movies. Sorry. Number three, 40-year-old virgin. 40-year-old virgin is really good. I hope you got a big truck because I'm going to put my bike in it. Bike in it? <laughs> uh, and then she's like, I want to do it in your butt if you want. And he's like, but what? <laughs> or just the, even just both the, of those billboards, both of those billboards are equally the same. Yeah. That's a great line. I forgot about that. Or, I fucked it up, but it's funny, right? D- yes. <laughs> and it just, like there's so much funny in that movie. Like even the little things, like when they're out back busting the light tubes on each other, and yeah, he's like, "Yeah, these are new pants, fucker." <laughs> like I have, I have said something similar to that <laughs> in my real ta- retail life. Yeah, you just fucked up my dress pants, bitch. Oh, for show. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's such a good movie. He was it's so funny. And you know what? Yeah. You know what? You know what people you know what people don't talk about and is one of the person who is one of the unsung heroes of that movie and I can never remember her name. Jane Lynch? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. I want some breakfast. <laughs> well, that's not Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch is the boss at the uh, <laughs> Fucking Radio Shack or wherever they work. Oh at. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking. Oh, she's funny. She's fucking funny too. But I'm talking about uh, what's her name? I can't remember her, uh, her name. first name's Lindsay something. And she's also in uh, Big Daddy. But yeah, God, in that movie, castles. yes, that move in that movie, that fucking when they're driving scene, that you see that son of a bitch pull out right in front of me, <laughs> and when yeah, she's like, I want to get funny. some breakfast. <laughs> That's a great scene. That movie's funny as shit. All right. So, with Aaron and I doing our two lists that are completely opposite of what they're supposed to be, or mine's completely opposite of what it's supposed to be. My two Leslie Mann. Leslie Mann? Leslie Mann wants some breakfast. Well, Well, she's a funny lady. And she is. And, uh... Funny fucking storyline in that movie, forty-year-old virgin, is Paul Rudd's character. Yes, fucking hates <laughs> Michael McDonald. Goddamn <laughs> surround sound deal that he has to listen to the entire fucking time. And a guy is trying to buy the TV, and he's like, "I don't know if I want to buy it." And he's like, "I'll throw the fucking DVD in, man." <laughs> He's like, you can just, I'll just give it to you. He's like, I don't, I don't want that. He's like, just take it. Just fucking take it. <laughs> because all Paul Rudd's here is mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. And then when Kevin Hart and a black guy have that like black guy fight. Yeah. Jesus Christ. You're going to get me on a fucking 40 year old. Well, this is, this is just like. 40-Year-Old Virgin, to me... 40-Year-Old Virgin is a fucking amazing movie. Because I think, and 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 younger listeners that are listening to the show might disagree, I don't think comedy is what it used to be. There are some... There if they are, don't think that, then fuck them. There are some rare exceptions. Um, 
you know, as far as stand-up and stuff goes. There are still some great stand-ups. But comedic movies, to me, anymore, honestly, like, I'm not all about Melissa McCarthy. I'm not all about... Four Year Old Virgin might be the last really... Thank you. That's what I was about to say. 40 Year Old Virgin, to me, was the last great comedy. Have you like, ever seen... Like, um, I even think... I think I think the Hangover movies are overrated. They're stupid. <laughs> Not good. Um, I'd put 40-Year-Old Virgin, and this movie's not on my list, and I'll let you get back to your list after it. But it's like 40-Year-Old Virgin, and... Um, um, The name just went out of my head. Um, but it's like a Paul Rudd, Stephen... Go ahead. I'll I'll tell you back in a minute. Well, and like 40-Year-Old Virgin of Me is the last great comedy made, and I don't mind Superbad. Superbad's all right. Um, but it, after that, I just kind of check out, like... There have been here and there's where it's it's like it's okay, it's it's humorous, blah blah blah. Like you know, like Pineapple Express is a horrible, or whatever. But they're not to role me. Role models. That's the movie I was thinking about. Role models is funny. Role models is really goddamn good. And I don't know if you Paul saw Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott. That's a goddamn good movie. Like probably the best comedy movie I've seen in um the past well since 40 year old virgin like the the funniest mo- comedy movie i've seen cuz comedy television is like at an, a golden age right now it's very much at an apex like the past 10 years but movies have gone down but that um i don't remember exactly how the title is worded but the um finding a friend for the end of the world with Steve Carell and Tina Fey. That one's funny. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. Though, if you get a chance. It's, I think it's called like uh, finding, a, finding a Friend for the End of the World or something. It was actually really humorous. I don't know, but watch but, Role Models. Role Models is funny as fuck. There's a deleted scene with that little black kid. Yep, I've seen it. And he, and he looks at that Hooters girl and he's like, I want to pop that bitch with a penis. <laughs> <laughs> shit cracks me up so now my two favorite hands down to me the best comedies ever made alright and we best. jump to these two after these two I'm gonna pee and I'm gonna tell you my movies alright number two my second favorite and you know like I said because I had like a three way tie for five so everything's all up in the air before this but Number two, hands down to me personally, the second funniest movie made ever is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> Here's an idea. Try to have a point. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's even the non-word things, like when John Candy's dancing and then he comes out of the bathroom. Yeah. The, the <laughs> best scene of that movie is... Um, after, and you don't even see it. Well, you, you see it, but you don't see it. <laughs> it's like a verbal sight gag is when 
Steve Martin gets picked up by his balls. <laughs> and he's got that high-pitched voice. That's the best part of that fucking movie. That's... <laughs> That, I shouldn't even. That's the best part of that movie. <laughs> I mean, it's fun. I don't know if it's my favorite part of the movie, <laughs> but it's definitely fucking funny. <laughs> it's great. That's the. <laughs> I shouldn't even say it's the best part. That's the second best part. The best part. I want my is... fucking car. Yeah. Right. And, fucking and, now. <laughs> and it's not even him. It's the being lady. a dick. It's the chick behind the counter. Be like, by the way, then. By the way, <clears throat> those of you that recognize that woman, and I can't remember her name now, from lots and lots. I know you do, Aaron, but from lots and lots of movies in the 80s and 90s. She was in fucking Ferris Bueller. Yeah. She died. She died last week or something like that. I think it was last week she passed away. Who's the other person that died that we were just talking about? Um, uh, Albert Finney. Did Albert Finney kill her? <laughs> no. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Murder-suicide? <clears throat> but yeah, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is... Uh, I had a friend one time. I listed my top 10 favorite comedy movies on on facebook and it's a great thanksgiving movie isn't that a thanksgiving movie that's technically not a christmas movie that's no a it's yeah it's a thanksgiving movie it's a thanksgiving but they my friend asked me like when i listed my top 10 he was like i don't see tommy boy and i said look tommy boy's funny as fuck don't get me wrong it's a funny movie but tommy boy is essentially another version of planes trains and automobiles yeah and so i ha- i have you to look at i have to give the automobiles Duke. yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead like i when i was a kid i didn't do it but as an adult like when you watch the tail end of that movie it is fucking sad. Yeah, it is. Like you almost, <laughs> like you almost, if you didn't know what was gonna happen, <laughs> you'd almost be like, <laughs> almost cry. Fuck. Yeah, you almost cry. You're like that fat guy's wife is dead. He is lonely. He is lonely as fuck, and the only thing he has in his life is showering. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but then you see that this guy lets him eat fucking prime rib at his house and you're like we're winning again this yeah. movie's great <laughs> very good movie is that a oh, john hughes be- movie yeah it's right. a john hughes movie and it is fucking amazing so those if- aren't pillows <sighs> How about those bears? How about the bears? (laughs) Manly things. They were in his butt cheeks. (laughs) That's a fucking great movie, man. My second favorite. It's my second favorite comedy of all time. So my first favorite comedy of all time. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles is the funniest movie ever made, my opinion. I don't know if they're all over... There will never be a funny, a more funny movie ever made. 
because you could not do blazing blazing saddles today. Where the white women at? <laughs> Mongol white <laughs> candy. Fuck that shit. Here comes Mongo. I don't know How if they do such great things such with small, such hands. small hands. Hadley. I don't know if there's a more quote- I love. I don't know if there's a more quotable movie, comedy wise, than Blazing Saddles. <laughs> my, my favorite. I shouldn't say my favorite part, but my favorite non-quotable part of that movie mm. the is old the part lady? that has no words. Oh. I thought you meant the old lady. <laughs> no, that's a great fucking line. But it's when he goes to put a raisin net in his mouth, <laughs> and he sees him show up on the scene. He's like, push, push, and gets him and walks away. <laughs> Can't quote that because there's no fucking line. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just uh, Harvey Corman being Harvey Corman. Are we awake? Are we black? I- <laughs> Yes, we are. Well, then we are awake and very confused. <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> a laurel and a hearty, hearty handshake. God, what a joke. Sheriff is what, near. What a joke. A laurel and hearty handshake. handshake. It's like, a <laughs> that is such a great, that is an amazing joke. <laughs> I know, but it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> that is great. The sheriff's near. <laughs> he says the sheriff's near. <laughs> and when he's like getting like held out of town by fucking at the beginning of it, like he's being taken away. He's like, what are they going to do to that poor black man or whatever? It's, it's a fucking great movie. And let's not forget Dom DeLuise. Yes. You sound like gas escaping. Yeah. <laughs> Watch me. Watch me, faggots. <laughs> you sound like gas escaping. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> How do you do such great stunts with such small hands? Oh, I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> but it makes me laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, when he eats that fucking raisin net and he's like, shit, (laughs) and gets up and leaves, it's fucking great. Uh, So, yeah, that's my favorite. And, and I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, you know. Like, I I didn't get a harumph out of that guy over there. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you just kill him, man. I wish you'd hang him till he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> That's Dang all it. great, man. Ducky, my ducky. Ducky. Like, there isn't. There. There is not. There, That's why it's my favorite comedy ever. There's not a moment of that movie that isn't funny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like it's just one. There's not a moment where you're like, eh. you know, like most most movies, even comedies. There's down moments like when where it's... Margo's like talking about like her 10, 10 gallon hat and all that <laughs> shit. Yeah, it's all good shit. <laughs> like, there's not a joke in that movie that isn't a good joke. Like, it's all funny. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> I don't want to say it. It's like somebody took all of the Marx Brothers <laughs> jokes from like the 30s. 
and were like, hey, we're going to take all these Mark, Mark Brothers, Mark's Brothers jokes from the 30s and give them like a 1970s punchline. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's a great fucking movie. It's definitely Mel Brooks' best work. And my favorite comedy ever. I would agree with that. Mel Brooks is greatest movie. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Marx Brothers, or, yeah, I, I keep saying Marx Brothers. The only joke that I would put over any of that with Mel Brooks mm-hmm. is Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. When they're combing the beach. <laughs> we ain't found shit. We ain't found <laughs> shit. I really like the the joke on um, History of the World 2 where he's in the unemployment line and she's like, occupation? And he's like, philosopher. And she's like, ah, bullshit artist. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good line, too. <laughs> I, really, I really love when they're coming to the beach with the pick. And like, we found shit. We found shit. <laughs> that, that's fucking great to me. <laughs> but I gotta pee. And then... So now Aaron's gonna do his list, which is different than mine because I didn't listen to the rules. Aaron said we want to do the most underrated comedy movies ever, and I just was a dickhead and picked my favorite comedy movies ever. But he's. I mean, what's that? Said you're fine, man. It was good, good conversation, good movies. So it's your turn. All right. Um, these are underrated comedy movies in my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you a couple lines or scenes from the first one, and I want you to guess. Okay. Okay. And um, one of the first lines is, I'll tell my boss, but it's going to kill him. And then the boss comes into the office, and as he's having a heart attack, he is still grabbing the money. Kentucky Fried Movie? Nope. I thought that was Kentucky Fried Movie. And then as one of the co-workers sees the dead boss on the ground, he just says, holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was Kentucky Fried Movie. Nope. And then another line in the movie is, they hate us. There was nuns pro- protesting us. <laughs> I had to tell Jim to turn the hose on. And then Jim says, I knocked them fucking duns on their goddamn ass. I don't know. This is used cars. That movie is used cars. Why did I think that boss thing was from Kentucky Fried Movie? I have no idea why. But Kentucky Fried Movie is a great movie. It is. but... But no, man. When... Fucking Kurt Russell's character, Russo, says to Jeff, they're protesting us. They hate us. There's nuns outside. I had to turn 
Jim on with the hose, and Jim goes, I knocked those nuns on their fucking ass. <laughs> and she cracks me up, man. Used cars, a great movie. <laughs> All right, apparently you hate it. That's fine. I, I don't hate it. <laughs> I've probably only ever seen it a couple of times in my life. Well, you need to see it more. Because if you would see it more, you would know that it is possibly the funniest movie ever fucking made. <laughs> that goddamn movie is great. <laughs> like, fucking, their boss dies, and when they find him, he, like, Jeff's like, holy shit! And he trips <laughs> over, and he's like, holy shit! I love that fucking shit that grips me up. The next movie that I'm going to say, it has several different scenes in it. All right? Mm-hmm. You ready? Yes. One of them is, and let me say them all, and then you can tell me what you what you think it is. Okay. It's um, the David Dukes of Hazard, Northern Overexposure, Different Strokes, Damn it! Driving Over Miss Daisy, and then there is a Tom and Jerry bit. The crazy thing is I can... Hold on. I can see it in my head. Like, I can see... When you said the David Dukes of Hazard, and when you said driving over Miss... God damn it! Because it's, it's stuff they see on the TV. Different strokes. In the movie, yes. Uh, stay tuned. I can't... Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, yeah, that's a funny, that's a funny movie. Stay tuned is great. And you know what stay tuned makes me think of? How amazing fucking John Ritter was. And, and, in the 1990s, that would be a movie that would always be on at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon on Comedy Central. Yeah. Like after school, you know. <laughs> that fucking movie, like, Jeffrey Jones is good in it. Fucking John Ritter's good in it. Jeffrey Everybody's Jones, good in it. Jeffrey Jones, the Jerry Lawler of Hollywood. Yeah, that like that that his his kids like oh my dad has a real suck ass job selling fucking plumbing supplies and all but everything everybody and everything in that movie is great. That is a funny movie. Dwayne's Underworld, <laughs> and he's like I worship Satan. <sighs> It's, it's all great. Yeah, that is a fun I, movie. I think, honestly, driving over Miss Daisy <laughs> is one of the funniest. God, like Jeffrey Jones runs her over, <laughs> looks back, puts it <laughs> forward. And puts and it in reverse again. Runs her over again. <laughs> God damn! Driving over Miss Daisy is fucking genius. And Akeem's in that movie. 
Yes. And that, that's a that's a wrestling tie-in for the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Well, any movie from the 80s is going to have a wrestling tie-in because it's like wrestlers were... In... <laughs> something yeah. something wrestling was... Something WWF. <laughs> yeah, but driving over Miss Daisy... That's funny. It's so funny. All right. And then I have two movies that I'm just going to tell you the stars. Mm-hmm of the movies and you have to guess what it is and then the last movie I'll just tell you the name. Okay. You ready? Yes. Alright. The next movie has Tom Hanks, Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, Corey Feldman, and Brother Theodore in it. Don't Google it. I'm not. Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Bruce Dern, Brother Theodore, and Corey Feldman. It's not big. No. It's the Burbs. Oh. Uh, if you would have said Tom Hanks and then Dan Aykroyd, I would have been like, bam, got it. <laughs> well, Dan Aykroyd was it in the Burbs. Yeah, he was. No, he was not. Yes, he was. No. He played the creepy-ass guy in... Nope. Yes, yes, he was. Nope. God damn it, yes, he was. <laughs> if If Dan Aykroyd was in the Burbs... You have to buy me something tomorrow at that wrestling show we're going to. If not, I have to buy you something. You can Google it later, but Dan Aykroyd was not in the verbs. Are you Googling it? No. Why did, <laughs> I, why did I think he was in the verbs? Because there was a pudgy white guy in that movie, but it wasn't fucking Dan Aykroyd. What movie was Dan Aykroyd in where he played like a creepy character? I don't know. But Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd were in um, fucking Dragnet together. Yeah. Which Dragnet's funny. I don't know why I thought Aykroyd was in the Burbs. Dan Aykroyd was not in the Burbs. That was Bruce Dern, Carrie Fisher, Tom Hanks. Oh, you know what movie I'm thinking of? Not the Burbs. No, it's not. He was in. He was in nothing but trouble with Chevy Chase. Okay. So yeah, I was wrong. Yeah, you're right. So you owe me like a fucking Seamus shirt. <laughs> I'm not buying you a fucking Seamus shirt. <laughs> and then they were in fucking Top Secret, <laughs> which nobody other than me likes. I like Top Secret. And those fucking Russian people are dancing. Top Secret's funny. Not Top Secret, sorry. God damn. Spies Like Us? Yeah, Spies Like yeah, Us. Yeah, Spies That's Like Us funny, funny too. Top Secret's funny, too, but Spies Like Us Spies is like funny, us too. Is great, because Chevy Chase is like, when they're out there in the fucking <laughs> he's got like, the... what's that dick for? <laughs> he's like, what's a dick for? He's like, pissing, silly. <laughs> like, if you watch that entire movie, Spies Like Us... That's the reason for watching that goddamn movie. 
But are you wrong with the bird, or am I wrong? The burbs is funny as fuck. No, not God. The burbs is fantastic. Because you mentioned Dan Aykroyd, and it no, it took just me away from I, it. I, I, what? Okay, here's where I got confused. First of all, listeners, full disclosure: I'm like nine beers in. <clears throat> but I got the movies screwed up. I've been up. drinking since seven o'clock Be- because the burbs three eighteen. The burbs have the burbs have <laughs> the burbs <laughs> deals with a house, and nothing but trouble deals with a house. But nothing but trouble is Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd plays like a creepy guy in in nothing but trouble. Have you ever seen nothing but trouble? I don't think so. That's funny, um, but. It, I just got I got him confused for a minute. Um, the I don't I don't want to get off your list, so I'm not going to keep because I'm not going to keep going because I was thinking about Tom Hanks and a house like the Burbs, and I just thought of Money Pit, and that's a great movie too. Oh, the Money Pit. The Money Pit is fucking funny is as great. shit. Funny as the, shit. The Money Pit is <laughs> great. Like Tom Hanks in the eighties. Was like fucking Will Ferrell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, no, I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic or whatever. Like in the '80s, Tom Hanks made some of the goddamn funniest movies ever. Mm-hmm. Like he made he made The Burbs, which I just said. Big. He made Big. He made The Money Pit. He made fucking. Um, bachelor party <laughs> like he uh, he fucking made fantastic fucking movies mm-hmm. and and he's still making good movies too big. i'm not saying that big but, big i get to be on top yeah. <laughs> like when they go to the bank and he wants to cash his first <laughs> check and he's like like how do you want it and he's like <laughs> Seven Indian nickels and all this. It's like there, there's so much funny shit. Like then, he, he seriously was like, I'm not making a, I'm not trying to be disparaging or whatever. He was the fucking Will Ferrell of the eighties. Mm-hmm. He made great fucking movies, funny movies, truly funny movies. Yeah. Take your pills, uh, Bruce. Huh. <laughs> No, that was me bringing up my next movie. I know, but I heard that tone, <laughs> and it made me think of Conrad Thompson. Take your pills, I'm not Bruce. That fat. <laughs> All right. Okay, go ahead. Chat me up. <laughs> roll next movie. Roll tide. <laughs> All right, the next movie I got. You ready? Mm-hmm. And then after this one, I'll just tell you what I think. Not what I think my funniest movie is, but I'll just tell you the title because we don't need to talk about it. And the last movie on my list has no celebrities in it at all. All right. But the next movie I have has Randall Cobb, John Goodman, William Forsythe, Holly Hunter and Nick Cage. A Raising Arizona. Yes. Raising Arizona is like if I 
that's one of those things. If I would have done my top 10 favorite comedy movies, it would have been on there. It's like nothing you've ever seen before in your entire life. But, and, um, yeah, if you haven't seen Raising Arizona, you haven't seen anything. The best. You haven't seen the you haven't seen a full collection of the best movies ever made. Like maybe you've seen Gladiator, maybe you've seen Pulp Fiction, maybe you've seen but if you haven't seen Ra- Raising Arizona then you haven't seen it all cuz that Wait. movie is like that movie's not just one of the best comedies ever. That movie's one of the best movies ever. When John Goodman <laughs> And William Forsythe come out of the fucking mud. <laughs> or when the fucking... Like, they're born again. It's fucking amazing. Or and when, when they're eating cereal. Oh, no, or when the fucking glue... Or when the blue uh, dye pack blows up in their car. Yeah. Or when they leave the baby on the roof. <laughs> and then that guy's like, son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> Or that fucking, that one 1,000, or one Mississippi, two Mississippi, when that old dude gets up and then sees him coming back. Fuck this. That fucking movie. That guy, that guy's like the MVP of the fucking movie, by the way. (laughs) That old dude. I'm sure he's long dead by now, but. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm mad. That you didn't have that on your fucking list. <laughs> like, that movie is honestly the greatest goddamn movie ever made. <laughs> it's the only thing Nicolas Cage ever did that was good. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. When he's just trying to buy diapers... But like, honey, <laughs> there is there is no better that's ongoing scene. The diaper scene. Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> there is no better scene ever filled, filmed in a movie than Nicolas Cage's character trying to buy fucking diapers. <laughs> Sometimes the look on his face like the, oh, for fuck's sake. Looks. Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> That is, and I love the greatest fucking movie ever made. Almost the best thing about that scene is, and if you if you ever in a relationship, you under you'll understand it. He goes through all this shit to get these diapers, but the funniest part to me of the entire scene. Is when she finally picks him up. And like to him, the worst thing in the world after all he's been through is the fact that she's pissed at him. <laughs> like he gets in the car. And it's like, oh, my God, I got to have a fight now after all this. We got to fight about this. <laughs> it's great. It's fucking Raising Arizona is the greatest movie ever made. And lest we forget the shit with his brother-in-law. Or whatever, or his best, the, their friends, or whatever his that boss that dude, yeah, his boss, that dude with the fucking nose 
thing and the fucking leg brace and shit. That's just funny as shit too. Great man. Yeah, they want to swing. <laughs> and he punches and he him, punches the him in the nose. fucking face. And then that guy shows up talking about a lawsuit. And not only has he got a nose brace, but he's got he's got like a nose cast, but he's got like a leg brace and a fucking yeah, cast, and all from getting punched in the movie. nose. Yeah, good movie. It's the fucking bee's knees, man. I love that fucking movie. I got it on DVD. We'll watch it sometime when you're here. All right. (laughs) I can't even hear that without laughing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. You know what's funny? Great. You know what's funny too? What? Like of that whole movie of all the shit that stands out from that movie. That's funny. To me, the because okay, the movie is about High and Ed, right? Yeah. Okay, it's about High and Ed and their journey and their struggle and everything's going on with them. My favorite, and it's not even the funniest scene in the movie, but just because the movie is centrally about their relationship, really. My my, the thing that always sticks in my head about that movie is the scene where they both say, where he says, but honey, and she goes, <laughs> oh, but honey. Like, for some reason, that is, you know what I mean? Like, it's like That's like the epitome of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but honey. <laughs> like, there's just so, like, I don't know. It's just, to me, it's, it's when fucking... <laughs> John Goodman and that fucking his buddy are fucking eating cornflakes <laughs> at their little tra- counter at the trailer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I hear this. I'm telling you, man, this is the greatest <laughs> fucking movie ever made. But, honey. <laughs> and how awesome is John Goodman in that fucking movie? Yeah, John Goodman's awesome in everything he does. I know he's a good in everything he's ever been in, but. You know what? And, I'm sorry. and I love. I don't want to cut you I, off. I love The Big Lebowski. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I love The Big Lebowski. He's the best thing about that movie. He's the best thing about everything he's ever in. Like, he's the best but, thing about Roseanne. He's the, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just saying, fucking Raising Arizona is, I said, in my opinion, and I told you this, that I thought used cars is probably my favorite, like, comedy movie. And. The Godfather trilogy is my favorite story ever told. But I think Raising Arizona might be the greatest. And people are going to be like, 
like the 17 people that listen to this are going to be like, oh, he's an idiot. But Raising Arizona might be the greatest movie ever made. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. But I don't know it's, it's great. The, I don't know if it's the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> it's the greatest fucking movie ever made. It's fucking great. And I put it on my comedy movie because when I watch it you the entire time, I just <laughs> laugh because it's so funny. Son, you got a penny on your head. <laughs> One Mississippi. Two, uh, Two Fuck it. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I have one more. One more. And I feel like it's going to be like a, a letdown. I, feel, I feel like you talked. Yourself, I feel like you talked yourself out of this decision. <laughs> yeah, this is like we went from like. A Chris Benoit versus Eddie Guerrero <laughs> match. And now the main event is the Booty Man versus the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> I tried to, like, when I thought about it, tie it into a wrestling type thing. Is, and I think it's the most underrated wrestling comedy movie ever is Grunt the wrestling movie. Yeah, I would definitely put Raising Arizona above it. Oh, I would too. I like Grunt. Grunt's Grunt fun. is Grunt's funny. funny. Like Grunt's subtly funny and then at times it's in your face funny. Like Grunt is but Grunt is always to me Grunt was like the thing about Grunt got though fucking Adrian Street and John Tolis and all these people in it. It's fucking great. And the thing about Grunt, and this is a wrestling podcast, so it works, but the Grunt's not going to be funny to non-wrestling fans. Fuck them. <laughs> well, right, but... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Grunt's funny as fuck, but it's not... Um, like, if we're talking broad spectrum... It's, but God damn, it's funny. Like it's, 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 and it's, it's more subtly funny. Like there are some moments in it that are very in your face funny, but it's much more subtly funny than it is in your face funny. Yeah. It, it's campy. Yeah. Like if you watch Grunt, if you didn't know, you would think it was like a John Walters movie. That's a yeah. That's a good. That's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like John Waters is funny, man. man I want to make a wrestling movie. <laughs> he, he's weird, <laughs> fuck, but he's funny. I'm sorry, I made myself laugh with my John Waters. Well, that's fine. It was a terrible John Waters impersonation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think I got creepy in at least, and he'd probably molest my child, like. John Waters is funny and all, but I wouldn't trust him around my kids. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, fuck it. He's a pedophile, but that's... You know what? I don't know that he's not. And... (laughs) 
Oh God. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm I'm going off on a personal crusade here. Yeah, you're just attacking John Walters. <laughs> yeah, with his creepy ass and his pencil mustache and his creepy antics and his yeah. I'm attacking. It's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. He's a fucking weirdo. All right. Did he, did he <laughs> lived in a love shack. <laughs> his favorite dinner's a rock lobster. What? Like yeah. <laughs> You know where his love shack was located? <laughs> the kindergarten? I, I don't no. know. <laughs> On Electric Avenue. Uh, you know what city it was? What? Funky Town. <laughs> it's not his fault that he lived in a love shop, love shack. <laughs> this has gone too far. It was on Electric Avenue in Funky Town. <sighs> I'm just saying, Grunt, the wrestling movie. <laughs> I know, like, this turned into, like, a John Waters. <laughs> was funny as fuck. That guy said, are you Madman Mercurso? <laughs> and the mask stood up and punched him. <laughs> punched him. Right in the face. <laughs> you know what's great about and it? the car rolled right into the fucking <laughs> arena. You know what's great about it? He doesn't punch him, like, 12 times. He punches him once. Once. Just punches him right in the face. And the fucking promoter's like, I don't think a decapitated person can hold the title. And all that shit. It's fucking great, man. Like, it is literally if Vince Rousseau could have booked exactly what he wanted professional wrestling to be. It would be Grunt the Wrestling Movie. <laughs> it would be... Hold on. <clears throat> it would be like... Damien Demento presents a Vince Russo production. You mean Dr. Demento? <laughs> Did I say Damien? Yeah, you I meant said Dem- Damien Demento. Like I said... It's Mondo Clean. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Edit. If Dr. Demento <laughs> presents... Vince Rousseau production of presents John Waters <laughs> directing presents <laughs> the Fuhrer <laughs> that farts right in his face <laughs> right in the Fuhrer's face because you said Damien Doctor Demento. Demento. <laughs> you said Damien Demento. A lot of times on this show, I say the the fans get to hear what they hear because I I say while we're recording, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna edit that, and then I don't edit it. Fuck it, it's my show. I'll do what I want to do. I don't There's care. eleven of them out there. That a lot of them, a lot of them, uh, a lot of the shows. Like if even if you say I gotta pee, I just leave it in. Fuck it. What do I want to fuck around with editing out thirteen seconds yeah. of you saying I gotta pee? You know Who what? Here's what twelve people think. <laughs> You're demeaning our listeners right now. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> if there's only 12 of them, how can you demean them? <clears throat> well, and now I'm looking, of course. Since there are, 600, since there are 653 of them, you should say well, thank you. I just you. pissed off 12 of them. You should so, say, you hello, should... 621 of you. I really <laughs> you like didn't you even You didn't even do your math right. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to assume two, two of them are missing. 
Or have people in their basement that are missing currently. Because I've been watching a lot of Law and Order SVU. Oof. And what I've learned is SVU is SVU the one with the guy that looks like he always smells something. It's also yeah. And it's the (laughs) one with the guy that got like smacked on his head by Hulk Hogan. Richard Belzer. But it's not Criminal Intent is the one that with the guy that um, plays he was, uh, Wilson he was, Fisk, the, right? Huh? Criminal Intent is the one with Vince DeFranio, the guy that plays Wilson Fisk on Daredevil. I don't know about Daredevil, but he's in fucking um, the Stanley Kubrick movie. Yes. You know what? Then this is totally off topic. Richard that... Belzer calls his house the Casa de Hogan. Because, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that cracks me up. Because, like, Hogan, like, choked him out and dropped him on his head. <clears throat> and he sued Vince. And he got a bunch of money. And he was like, ah, oh, look at the Casa de Hogan. This is, co- this is completely off topic. But whatever. It's my show again. That, um, that Vince D'Onofrio guy is, to me... Bad as fuck. Yeah, he's one of the most underrated actors ever. Oh, he's great. Like, that dude is a... I, obviously, you haven't watched Daredevil because you said, I don't know... Essentially, I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> but he plays Kingpin on the Daredevil series. And Law & Order Criminal Intent is the only Law & Order that I have ever watched that kept my interest. I like Criminal Intent. I like, like all the Law I'm, & I, See, I'm not a big... I'm not... Honestly, and and it's not dogging it's not dogging the genre. It's just something I'm not into. I'm not into crime slash lawyer shows. I like them. I know, and, and I don't hate them. I'm just not into them. You know what I mean? Right. But that criminal intent with that dude in it that caught my fucking that dude is a fantastic fucking actor. Like he is James Gandolfini good. Like, he is so good. Like, he reads heavy? <laughs> that, too. <laughs> but, like, he could... I think that guy I could... I know what you're saying. I, yeah. I like it. Yeah, he's he's a fantastic actor. Um, and that got totally off topic, but it came up. But, yeah, as, as Kingpin and Daredevil, he, like, brings an element to the character. I'm a comic book geek, so those of you that aren't, just fucking mind your business. Um, but... He brings a level to that character that's amazing, and I really like Criminal Intent too. We got off way <laughs> off topic here. I'm sorry. That's good. <laughs> I'm saying I like that too. All right, well that's it, isn't it? I guess I better find uh, Al Jolson. I can't play that. I can't play that as our outro, or it'll get. I'll get in trouble. I didn't play it. Well, no, I'm saying like I was. I was thinking about it at one point. Like I should play that as our outro, but I can't because it's not public domain. So they'll Fuck be. A, they'll be like, no, seriously, no, no shit at all. No, no shit at all. If something's not not like seventy five years Paul old, Sorvino's dead. If something's not think, 75 right? years old in public domain, when you publish it, they'll be like, republish, because this has copyrighted shit in it. No shit. Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. 
York City. The dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Bum, bum. <laughs> Maybe they won't take it down since it sounds like shit. You want to watch some funny shit? Mm, maybe. Some other watch Ice T. <laughs> watch Ice T. Have no idea what's going on in a special victims unit. Wait a minute, I said it. You ain't heard nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like. Ice tea, you'll be like, what? What? <laughs> People <are> like. <laughs> Let me talk to Coco about this. No, like, Ice tea, you'll be like, what? Somebody likes the fact that she wears Lisa panties. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't understand anything about what's going on. Like, do you know the stand up comedian John Mullary? Yeah. He pointed it out, and you can stop recording me if you want. But until he like, I didn't under, I didn't realize it until I started watching this show. Ice T's character is Finn on Law and Order, and his character is just fucking mind boggled about everything that happens. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. No, you don't. <laughs> I kind of do. <laughs> okay. Because I've seen most of them, like, the first time. I just don't ever go back and re-watch it. Like, I'm not... Yeah. Anyway, that's that's a topic for another time and another show. <clears throat> Aaron? Nate? It is time to say goodbye to our wrestling fans. <laughs> we have, like, two minutes, because I got Tootsie playing in the background. I like it. Third chorus, I whistle. Now give it them hard and heavy. Go right ahead. Hold right now, I can hear it. Goodbye. 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 We want to thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the show. We apologize for we we apologize for Kyle not being here. He was under the weather this week, and uh, Kyle and I will be back at some point this week with the Modern Product Show, and we will definitely have a classic edition of the show this week too. But for my co-host, my brother Aaron, we are going to say goodbye. Aaron, say goodbye to your listeners. Goodbye. They appreciate you. They are 653, although you call them 12. It's the 12 I don't like. Aaron's just a heel. That's all it is. We'll see you next week on the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Get on! Get on! Hey! Hey! Do it over again. Watch for the